Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Go for gold. Welcome back to a Tuesday night episode of Wisco Fanatics. We are joined by Bryant. As always, you get Tyler and myself. Uh, we are going to be recapping the Packers game against the New Orleans Saints, all the craziness that happened, really the craziness that happened in about an eight-minute span. And then we are going to be previewing a Thursday night game against the Detroit Lions. It's a big one. Uh, a lot of important questionables on that one, obviously. Uh, a lot of stress going into Sunday's game. They came out with a W. So uh, without further ado, Bryant, how you doing tonight, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, I had a short day at work today, so that was kind of nice. Uh, Matt just been kind of relaxing. Nice. nice. Yeah, All right. I, uh, so, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. If you got something else you want to do, go ahead. I just wanted to cry about getting a sinus infection. And so just, <laughs> just getting a sinus infection and it feels great. So go Packers. <laughs> Lovely. Um, just sharing the show around so we can get some uh, some people in here watching. So yeah. uh, if you haven't already noticed, it's just the three of us. Simon is, again, uh, busy working. So... We have our three stars and our underrated performer. I'm going to cover for Simon this week on his, but Jake has our number one star, and Jake can tell you who it is because it's not a shocker. This guy could be the number one star every single game. He wrecks games, obviously. We saw that. Uh, Bryant, myself, I think everybody was just predicting that he was going to be unleashed, and he was absolutely unleashed, and it was no other than Rashawn Gary. Uh, before I get into the stats, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, I love him getting one of the game balls, obviously, and then seeing that raw emotion come out. That was that legitimately made me feel like that's my guy. He's a Packer. Uh, feels like he's going to remain a Packer. Like He loves this organization, loves his team, loves his city, and he loves playing at Lambeau, and who wouldn't, right? It's just a legendary place. No matter what fan base you, you cheer for, everybody should agree that Lambeau is legendary, right? So – he had three tackles. They were three solo. They were three tackles for loss, which just happened to be three sacks. <laughs> so he also had four quarterback hits total. Um, five. Get, five. Five? On ESPN it says four, but I'll, well, go, with, right. I'll go with five because it sounds better. But, it does. Um, I'll get more into some you know, more deeper pass rush stats later, but yeah. He had a great game. He took over. I still can't believe that they kind of got lucky on the one on Jameis Winston that he because he fumbled that ball, but it like he landed right on top of it. If Gary doesn't yeah. take him straight to the ground, it's a fumble for sure. Well, one thing that me and Tyler noticed is he got a little handful of the face mask. I won't lie. 
It probably would have been a five-yard face mask, but it would have been an automatic first down, too. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was it, unintentional, but up, he did. The way he stood up from that sack was badass, dude. <laughs> when he st- stepped over. I was waiting for them to throw the flag when he stepped over him, to be honest. I thought Tyler, what did I say? What did I say? He AI'd that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our second star was Jordan Love. Uh, he had the 259 passing yards. He had one rushing, one passing touchdown. He threw some absolute dimes in this game, and he was um, 8 of 14 on third and fourth down. Damn. So he was better when it mattered, Um, you know, made the important completions at the most important times. So that, and then Bryant has our third star who kind of ties in. Yeah, and that's Romeo Dobbs. Um, Really, for the whole season, he's been pretty consistent. I know he didn't get as many targets in the, the Atlanta game. But this game, he had the five receptions for 73 yards. Um, he had that touchdown, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown. But that that catch along the sidelines was absolutely just nasty. Like, I, yeah, I thought there was no way that he caught that ball. <laughs> and he did um, pretty handily, right? So uh, it's just on that back shoulder throw, that's, what, two already on the year? Um, Jordan trusts him so much, and he just keeps going back to that. Um, he's definitely, you know – He's the go-to guy in um, tough positions for Jordan. Luckily, Jordan's so young that he'll throw to anyone or whatever, and he doesn't pick up, you know, this is my favorite guy, and I want to throw to him, but like we've seen in the past. But Dobbs has just had a huge game. He's really helped hold it down. You know, hopefully we get Christian Watson coming back this this week, but he's helped hold it down. He's been huge for us. So for the, the win graphic that we posted on Sunday, we had the second half adjustments as the underrated performer. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed or paid super close attention to it. There was a lot – of press coverage in the second half of this game. So not a great day for the Joe Barry haters. The Packers, I mean, a lot of what they did defensively is a big part of why the Packers won this game. And we'll get into it when we, when we break down some of the more, um, you know, more specific aspects of the game, but the second half adjustments on both sides of the ball were very, very good. But for a player for today, I picked Darnell Savage. He made some very key tackles in this game, including very late in the game. Making one to knife through on a kickoff to stop Rashid Shahid on the 18-yard line, and then another one that forced the uh, Saints to take a field goal at the end of the game, not allowing them to pick up that first down. So Darnell Savage made some very, very important tackles, and as I will talk about in a little bit, he didn't miss any tackles, which is a big catalyst for what this team did on Sunday, but I will get to that when we get there. But before we start talking about this game, um, I just want to throw out there, we we spent all preseason bragging about our tackle depth. Mm. It's Why not use it if we have it? Especially with my thing that I keep coming back to is obviously we have the game Thursday, which is why we're doing the show today. Mm. But weeks four through 18 are more important than weeks one through three. Agreed. And until we get to, like, week six, and if our tackles are just, like, ruining our chances of doing anything, then I think you start to get a little antsy. But where they are right now, I I don't really have any complaints about being a little extra cautious with it, especially since they're winning games. Um, And then not having Devondre Campbell for about three quarters of this game. uh, Carrington Valentine hurt his bicep in the second half. The New Orleans win probability hit 98% in the third quarter. Damn. I mean, it <laughs> felt like it, but damn. Can I add something in real quick? 
Go ahead. About, about the tackle depth. It's a little terrifying to me that, you know, I think that this is Bakhtiari's last year in Green Bay, personally. I don't think there's a way that he plays with us next year. It's a little terrifying to me that I'm okay rolling with Rashid Walker going in the next season. Like, he is improving every single week. He gave up that one bad sack against uh, the, the Falcons last week early in the first quarter. But other than that, I can't yeah. really mention any big mess-ups that he's had. A couple penalties here and there, but nothing major, I would say. Yeah, yeah, he's growing right in front of our eyes. All right, so let's jump into the offense. Bryant, how do you think the wide receivers are coming along? This is another one of those games where it's just up and down, really, to be honest. So we're, we've seen the up and downs with Jordan Reed in this game alone, right? Jaden. Jaden, excuse me, Jaden Reed. Uh, he's we have a guy named now. Jordan, so I felt the need to correct you. <laughs> he had very up and down games, right? He dropped one on the sidelines that he should have caught. He dropped yeah. one on the goal line he should have caught. But then he turns around and makes that really good catch on along the sidelines and kind of traffic. And then he that diving catch that was like one-handed amazing diving catch. So those are the ups and downs we're talking we're going to see with these young wide receivers. Dontavian Wicks is going to be for, he's he's forcing his way onto the field. I don't know how we're going to keep him off the field for too much when Christian Watson comes back. Um he continues to make things happen. He had four catches for 45 yards and he forced a huge pass interference again on a target to him. I know that's kind of, you know, you can't really rely on those but He's just making things happen. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see, you know, it sounds like Watson's going to play this week, so I'm just excited to see wh- how it rolls because I don't think we're going to roll out too many four wide receiver sets, but I'm excited to see the different combos that we have. Watson will likely be limited anyway, so that will help negate some of it, but it's, I'm really excited to see what happens. So I feel somewhat similarly about the rookie tight ends. Um, Musgrave did have one false start. He made one very, very nice contested catch, uh, played 86% of the snaps. Um, Musgrave is tied for the reception lead in this game and on the season. And then looking mm-hmm. at Tucker Craft and Ben Sims, Tucker Craft played 13% of snaps this week. Sims only 4%. So I do see some progress for number 85, which is encouraging. Uh, it seems to me that the Packers are thrusting Luke Musgrave into the starting role, obviously. But to me, it seems like they're kind of bringing Tucker Craft along a little more slowly. Um, maybe like they want to focus more on him as a, technical tight end than an athletic tight end that's fair so moving into the passing game distribution i do think that love and luke musgrave is going to be a combination that only grows better and better especially as they you know and they connect on the deep balls um as you know and they obviously play more together i really really think that i'm not going to go so far as to say they're going to be statistically as good but a combination like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have. I see the potential for that in Jordan Love and Luke Musgrave, just the way that they can connect anywhere on the field. Dude, if if Musgrave learns zone coverages and understands when to sit, which yeah. is a very underrated part of Travis Kelsey's game, mm-hmm. if Musgrave learns that, he's going to fucking feast, bro. Yeah. Feast. And he's got speed. Obviously, we saw it in this game. He was splitting the safeties like the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. I was ready to call him Moses. <laughs> Moses Musgrave. All right. Yeah. I can dig it. Moses but Musgrave. as as far as the passing game distribution goes, the ball was spread around really, really well, not only among the players, but also along the field, whether it be short, intermediate, deep balls in the middle of the field, on the outsides of the field, really spread around everywhere. So eight different players had a target. Six different players had receptions. 
and seven if you include Samari Toure making the catch on the two-point conversion. Well, yeah, counted as points, right? Right, but it doesn't count as a reception. Though, know, it's an extra point try is yeah. what it is. Um, and then I will say this. Uh, you can see it on Twitter because we posted it there, but there was an awful lot of early contact on the Packers wide receivers in this game. A lot. Only a few called late in the game when we have momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now Jake's going to cover this one, or sorry, Brian's going to cover this one for Simon, kind of tie it in with the running game. But uh, Brian, what did the offensive line and the running game look like? So the running game, uh, not, not much to say. It was pretty pitiful, to be honest, aside from love. Um, AJ Dillon, best run was actually that lateral as a pass. He just broke it off. Um, we started the second half with that stupid pitch outside that we do once a game and loses five yards. I'm not sure why we that. It was negative six yards to start the second half. Yeah. Um, the run blocking was absolutely atrocious, especially the interior line. Well, really only the interior linemen. But, you know, when you're running, that's probably the most important part a lot of the time because you're trying to get, you know, straight up field. So I know, like I said last week, we don't take PFF grades for gospel, but Runyon, 34, was his grade. 60 is average. So he was hardly even halfway to average. And this is for run pass or run blocking. Uh, so that was Runyon. Newman was a 53 and a Myers was a 52. Now our tackles did better, you know, Tom and Walker, 64 and 71, but it still was not good. Um, talking about the running game, we'll t- I brought this up pre-game or pre-show, but A.J. Dillon's, People are probably wondering why Patrick Taylor seen the the field so much. AJ Dillon's pass blocking grade was five point two. That's out of a hundred. And I, I I'd have to look at what they grade their stuff and how many snaps he actually had in it. But that's just atrocious any way you cut it. Um, Taylor's was seventy four point one for context. Like he was that much better. So um, that's Can really I throw good. Can about AJ Dillon's pass blocking well, real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so. I told Jake about this because we rewatched the game together. Yeah. He okay, so the play where Jordan Love gets sacked out of field goal range, Bryant, I know that's one of your biggest pet peeves. If you rewatch that play, not only does AJ Dillon not pick up the blitz, but he literally runs into the back of John Runyon, gets his foot stepped on, and then knocked over by his own player. It was that was that was a cringy play to rewatch you know like those old uh old comics with no sound <laughs> that's was, what that reminded me of fumble without the ball yeah so it was just it was bad all the way around really for a running game for o-line obviously that pays kind of you know ties into the o-line right yeah um but the pass blocking once again was much better uh it's this team can just pass block I, whoever you put out there they do well pass blocking except for newman he had a rough game but is that really surprising um so you want to throw this one out there while you're on the subject of passing real quick so the question is what is the reason behind love's 53 pass completions but yet making throws when absolutely needed either yeah. of you guys have thoughts on that to me, well, this game don't for this game for one, we were playing a very, very good defense, and they were there was a lot of PIs that could have been called for one. Two, they were if there weren't a PI, they were right there on our wide receivers every time. Um, there was maybe there's like two throws I can think of both the Musgrave that he actually completely missed the one up wide or along the goal line and the one up the middle. Other than that, most of those you know throws that he made, he put it in a spot for the wide receivers to get. Um, their hands on it. I think I said this in our group. I said, if our wide receivers would catch 50% of the 50-50 balls, his percentage 
would have been way higher. They caught like maybe three of them. So like they they weren't catching many of them. Um, You want to see stronger hands like that that absolute dime that he threw to Jaden Reed. That got broke up by the dude's knee when he was running over him. That was such a beautiful throw. Like we just they need to have stronger hands and you know catch the ball through contact. Contact would be my saying. What I think would help. So So, I'm gonna throw the funny response. I have a funny response. The br the br meme that they made. I mean, it makes sense, right? <laughs> um, but then also, I said this in the chat as well during the game, that one that was in triple coverage. If Tyron Matthew does not break that pass up, Jordan Love is completing a bomb pass over two people. That yeah. was a freaking dot. And there was pass interference before that ball got there. Yep. Linebacker, like, literally just fell into his ankles. Yeah, um, he decided to hug so... for some reason. Mentioned the pass interference already. The other thing we haven't, like, Brian talked about it a little bit with the wide receiver development, but there were several drops in this game as well. Yeah. Um. So you factor in pass interference that don't get called and the drops. I think that's that's like seven plays that just go as incompletions for Jordan Love. So if we're talking Jordan Love 22 for 37, that's a much better spot to be in than Jordan Love 22 for 44. True. Or, I suppose, if you don't take out the drops, but you make them catches. So then add three. So call them 25 for 40. And that's it's like 62%. So Something that's, like that. yeah, that's a little more, a little more serviceable. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, making throws when needed, that's a, that's a trait that I'd like for him to have, uh, making yeah. a throw when needed. And 100%. Alrighty, Brian. What about uh, what about the running game? Do you have anything else you wanted to say on that? Nothing really in the running game. Uh, okay. You know, I, well, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we talk about the Lions. Okay. I want to throw out there. I don't really have a problem with how AJ Dillon ran the ball because he didn't go down to a bunch of arm tackles or anything like that. Um, especially you saw it on the the third and fourteen screen that he had that they picked up. Uh, he ran through a bunch of arm tackles. That was a really good run. It's it's his vision that that really discouraged me. I'll say um, I, <laughs> I showed Jake uh, an Andy Herman tweet that came out pretty much right after the game where the offensive line did open up a pretty big hole for him. And he made a jump cut to try to run through a much smaller hole. That was a few more yards away. So if it we was. could, honestly, if we could combine the body of AJ Dillon with the vision of Emmanuel Wilson, with the pass blocking of Patrick Taylor, we'd have a great running back. Sheesh, you might have uh, Nick Chubb. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, Jake, how was the how was the red zone offense? I thought the red zone offense was pretty good, in my opinion. So um, we, had, we had a couple shots in the red zone. We had one drive that was 12 plays, 82 yards. So let's fast forward to the, the red zone here. Uh, we did a handoff to Taylor that got us to the New Orleans 16 uh, for a four-yard gain. Then Love threw a three-yard pass to Wicks. Uh, that got us to a third and five. And then Love threw to Taylor. That was the incomplete pass. That one was the where we'll we were talking about, about if he would have if it would have been Aaron Jones, probably a house call. Yeah. Uh, so when you really break that one down, you're looking at the decision-making process of Jordan Love, and he absolutely made the right decision, right? Um, and again, people are complaining a week ago about Joe Barry putting a linebacker on a running back. 
when it was B. John Robinson, I want you to go rewatch that play and tell me how far Demario Davis was off of Patrick Taylor, who is a constant on the practice squad. And you tell me that Joe Barry is the worst defensive coordinator when you go look at the ranks of the New Orleans Saints. They did the exact same thing. There's no other play that you farther away. He was farther away from Patrick Taylor than Devondre Campbell was from Bijan Robinson. And we were in the red zone, not at midfield. He started 10 yards off and he was backing up. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, completely dead serious. So then you get to the next drive. We had a seven-play, 80-yard drive. Um, We get into the red zone here. This one ended in a touchdown. This was the first touchdown. Uh, Love went to Dobbs, uh, incomplete. Love went to Luke, incomplete. Then we get the third down, and Jordan Love's just like, all right, I guess i got to figure it out. And this was a beautiful play design by Matt LaFleur because they tried to throw that pass over the middle of the Luke. And then this is the one where he hit Reed for 11 yards and got us to the two-yard line. Pretty much the same play concept, except Luke Musgrave goes up the field, ends up taking a linebacker and a safety with him, and Jaden Reed ends up wide open over the middle, gets us a first down. Uh, Love goes to Reed. Nope. Then we hand it off to Patrick Taylor for one yard. Then we run a read option play with Patrick Taylor and Jordan Love. The entire city of New Orleans bites on the play action fake. <laughs> and Jordan Love makes a little jump cut move himself and gets into the end zone. And then I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but the, the two-pointer to Toure was French <sighs> chef's kiss, dude. Just, oh, my God. That was beautiful football by, by Jordan Love there. So then the final opportunity, obviously, ended up being a game-winning touchdown. But we had a nine-play 80-yard drive. We had two pass interferences that got us 67 of the 80 yards. That is that is nuts to me. Um, he threw a pass to Reed in this drive. That was a 30-yarder. That was a clutch catch. That was also on a third down. Love went to Wicks for seven yards after immediately after the Reed catch. So we had a ton of momentum. Jordan Love was starting to – throw darts and then love went to dubs on second and three that was incomplete and then we get to third and three and for me this kind of reminded me of rogers and Devontae in dallas where they uh-huh. ran the play and Devontae's like throw it again and rogers is like throw it again and they're both like all right so love looks at dubs and that's kind of his boy not gonna lie he's got the jumping ability got the strong hands knows how to high point a ball and they, they run the same play again. Dubs gives them a little move off the line, gets gets them that extra half step, and Love throws a perfect pass. And obviously we know that ended up being a touchdown. We get the celebration. I hope that's a thing all season long. That's a beautiful thing. So I think they were very good in the red zone. And the decision-making from Jordan Love, A+. plus. That's something that's carried over. I'm going to talk more about that when we talk about Jordan Love uh, as we transition. But – Looking at the Packers on third down, they were eight of eighteen. Like obviously, being in eighteen third downs is a lot, but that's one under fifty percent. I'm looking for the Packers to just be over forty percent. So eight of eighteen, that's great, and they were consistent with it. They were three of seven in the first half and five of eleven in the second half. So pretty consistent on their third down, pretty balanced. Um, So. If you, if you take out the, the kneel down at the end of the game, then they would be 8 for 17 total and 5 of 10 in the second half. Oh, damn. So Because they, they had a kneel down on third down at the end of the game. So that mm-hmm. counted. Um, overall, 
pretty pretty good job. I mentioned already the one that AJ Dillon let that sack happen. That was kind of rough. But other than that, I mean, I really don't have any complaints as far as the third down offense goes. And I'm, I'm going to reference it again because it really is just great great content and hopefully somebody we can have on the show in the future. But JT O'Sullivan that runs the QB school on YouTube mm-hmm. His, if you really want like a full breakdown of every single play that involves Jordan Love, the QB school really is a great resource um, to, to learn more. If you want to get more in depth on how the quarterback position is played, he does a really, really great job. Um, that's something that uh, something that we aspire to. So, yeah, he gives you a lot of terminology too, which I love. Right. Um, so, going. Anything else you guys want to say on the offense? No, it was just a hell of a fourth quarter. That was so much fun to watch. <laughs> like me and my brother, we literally were. My brother Andy, you guys haven't met him. He does, you know, um, but he's a Packers fan as well. We were just we could not believe. What'd you say? <laughs> I said the smart brother. Yeah. Well, well I don't know about that, but <laughs> um, <laughs> we love him. I'll tell you what we call him after we got off live. Oh, but um, <laughs> but he comes over and watches the games with me now that I live back in Forks, and we were just like dumbfounded, like we're lost. We didn't know what to say at the end of it. It was incredible. Like it came out of nowhere. We seen we seen a little glimpse of life, and I, I was talking about it. I thought we really should have kicked the field goal at that point. I still think we should have kicked that field goal because ultimately could, that could have cost us a game at the end, right? Um, we can go back and forth about the two point conversions. I know you'll do that, Tyler, later, but. Yep. Once we did that, I was like, man, but then for whatever reason, we were getting down the field so quickly by, you know, PIs because they started finally calling them or whatever. And sure. next thing you know, we're up 18 to 17. And then I see him driving down. I'm like, dang it. And then when they miss a field goal, it mean him just like we couldn't stop like being in shock and laughing for like 10 minutes. So it was great. That's a good experience feeling for sure. So I, I, have, um, one more thing. I have one more thing on the offense. Go ahead. I feel it's this is so weird because. They had almost a complete game against the Bears, and then they had their ups and downs with the Falcons. Obviously, they had more downs and ups versus Saints, but a lot of positives to take away from this game. Mm-hmm. They got to put a full game together, but you could see the potential, the speed, you yes. know, stretching teams horizontally, stretching teams vertically. Uh, Jordan weapons. improvisation skills are improving every game. If we can get some consistency out of the O-line, which – Sucks that the old line's not being consistent right now, but if we can get some consistency out of the old line in the running game, this offense is going to skyrocket. Absolutely. Not to mention so, we haven't seen Christian Watson at all. Yeah. And we've only had Aaron Jones for one out of three. Yeah. So once once we get some consistency out of some people, I think this offense is going to be much better than people projected in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And also to match you, Bryant, I, I just started just screaming after the missed field goal, right? My son's screaming. He doesn't even care about the Packers. He's, he's like, oh, okay, we're screaming in the house. Okay, so I'm screaming. My daughter's screaming. My father-in-law's screaming. We're all just screaming. I just couldn't – I thought I, – I was dead set that he was going to make it, and I was, like, going to have to go through the emotional roller coaster of Jordan Love leading us for our own field goal. So yeah, I think we that, it was like – I'm telling you, I think we would have made it. But um, I think so, too. I will say this. For context, I watched my games in my basement to try to drown out the noise because I'm a very loud and passionate person during the game. You guys know that I calm down after the game and kind of look at everything in perspective. <laughs> my son wasn't on our main floor. He was on in his bedroom on the opposite side of the house with his door closed playing his games and he could hear us yelling. <laughs> so <laughs> like, so yeah. it was awkward because my kids were at a birthday party across the street from my house. 
So I was watching this game in the front yard <laughs> on my tablet. I was watching it. So like my wife, she like texted me like three times, like you need to quiet down while you're outside. Like I, I you just if you were outside or just had your window open, you just hear me yell, he missed it. Like everybody's wondering, like, what the fuck is that guy doing out there? <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> so that was me. Um Brian, this uh, this segment's probably gonna be a little rough, but uh how did special teams do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very, uh, very 2021 out there, huh? It was so bad. Um, aside from the punt return touchdown, we, have, we can argue there was a holding on. I can't remember. I think it was Owen running down the field, pushing his shoulder pad up the entire time. I've seen worse called. But aside from that, we had three penalties each time backing us up. We had three penalties on punt returns backing us up. Uh, only good bright spot again, Carlson. He had his field goal. And then he hit the extra point. That's a that that extra point that he hit is just the same pressure as hitting a game-winning field goal, and he just drew it right in there. It's like yeah. he doesn't care. He just boom, okay, done. Like the first off. one broke us a seventeen to nothing. Yeah, route too. Yeah, so the so, first one took us off of zero points. Um, so, but overall, it was atrocious. <laughs> my dad, my dad said it must have been the smelling salts that made him overkick it. <laughs> um, yeah, special teams. I'll talk a little bit more. Uh, on the penalties when I get into the coaching, but um, starting with starting with the secondary on defense, I was I was pretty pleased. Um, Jake and I, when we rewatched the game, we were very very happy to see what Rasul Douglas did in this game. Jake and I have talked about this a couple times actually that we think Rasul Douglas might be one of the best tacklers on the team. Yeah. Um, might be might be second best. He's top three for sure. Mm-hmm. You're um, talking about in space. That's our opinion. In space, tackling. Sure. In space, I'd be hard-pressed not to put him first. Uh, Savage has been really freaking good in space, but... Savage has been really good two out of three games. Yeah. But Douglas, dude, he's consistent. He's he's about as sure-handed as it gets in our secondary. I agree. Um, And he played nearly a flawless game. Even on the touchdown to Jimmy Graham, he was barely a half-second late. Barely. Barely missed it. And he was still in basically the right place. It's just Jimmy Graham is a mammoth. He's pretty big. <laughs> it's like the age of a woolly mammoth too, but that is what it is. <laughs> um, but Darnell Savage was fantastic in the secondary. His uh, Not only he did make a nice play on special teams, so we can throw that out there. Um, but one other guy we need to bring up is Rudy Ford. Yeah, Rudy Ford dude. had several passes defense in this game. He was also sure tackling. That was something we saw in the Bears game. He missed a couple tackles. He got run over by Roshan Johnson. He got frustrated, lost his temper, pushed him down. Mm-hmm. Rudy Ford was, I mean, I'm not gonna say flawless because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't out making interceptions and stuff like that. But he had two passes defense <laughs> and didn't miss any tackles. Um, and I will say, I appreciate the effort by Corey Ballantyne. Being the fifth corner thrust into being the second corner in this game to, to cover the outside of the field is uh, is a tough spot to beat. But I will say for the Packers to be playing for the Packers to be playing Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and to neither one of them have touchdowns and still hold the Saints offense to two hundred and four passing yards, I think that's a great job. That's because you injured Carr. <laughs> yeah. Carr had 103 passing yards. Winston had 101. 
Yeah, they were literally the same person. They were taking the same checkdowns. Yeah. <clears throat> and Chris Olave like both like bailed both of them out with a nice catch on the sideline. Agreed. So uh Blake asked who's gonna be the top performer on defense this week if there is gonna be one. Talking versus the Lions? I think so. So we'll we'll get to that when we finish the recap. But... Um, probably Rashawn Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Easy answer. Right. That's a layup. Right. Um, I had to guess. <laughs> Jake, how was the rushing defense? The rushing defense? Phenomenal. So I broke it down wide left, inside left, inside right, wide right again. Uh, I think I'm going to do that every week. I kind of like that. Kind of shows where we're weak. Kind of shows where we're strong. And after two weeks, I could tell you right now, Nobody runs up the middle on us. Good luck. Uh, we got a lot of beef up there. Uh, Slayton's doing a great job. Kenny Clark, as always, is doing a great job. Carl really? Brooks. Hey, hey, hey. Slow down. Slow down, okay? I, I, do. I got, he's he's Carl Brooks is in here three times, okay? okay? I wrote down Carl Brooks three times. Good. But Miller had nine carries for 34 yards. It's a 3.7-yard average. When he went wide left, two for one. Up middle, two for ten. Inside right, two for six, and wide right hit three for 17. So he was better going right. Jones Jr. had two carries for 19 yards going wide left. If you break those carries up, he had one carry for 19 yards going wide left and one carry for zero yards. Oh. So he literally had one play. Uh, inside left, he had two for five. Inside right, one for zero. Wide right, he had three for seven. Taysom Hill had four carries for 12 yards. That's a three-yard average. Wide left, one for six. Inside left, one for five. Did not take a handoff inside right. And going wide right, he had two carries for one yard. Rashid Shahid had one carry for zero yards. Shout out to the Packers, by the way. They held him to zero catches and one carry for zero yards. If he didn't get the punt return, I wouldn't even know that guy was on the goddamn team. He would have had a really bad game if he didn't have the punt return touchdown because he didn't do anything on kickoffs either. He didn't do anything on offense, and they they were trying to throw him all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of Saints are a weird team. Um, so really, when you break it down, they had, they had a carry that went for ten yards and a carry that went for nineteen yards. They had seventy seven rush yards total. That, that twenty nine yards of their seventy seven was thirty seven percent of their rushing yards. So really, when you think about those two plays, if you take those out, the Packers' rush defense absolutely shut them down. Yeah, I'm here for every second of it. LVN, boy, oh, boy, that guy can freaking defend the run, dude. That guy can set an edge. That guy could bull rush. He doesn't have the pass rushing moves yet because he really only he has showed him in the, He showed him in the Bears game. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, he did. He he has the potential to, yes. to do both things. Yes. But, man, oh, man, can that guy defend the run already. You could tell that's a Big Ten football player. Yeah, for sure. Steve said Carr and Jameis were both trying to pass the ball while looking through the air hole, thanks to Rashawn. <laughs> True that. Uh, True. All right. You got anything else on the rush defense or no, it was just it was oh, it was phenomenal. No, I have I have more notes later. Okay, sweet. So tackling. Slow clap <laughs> for the tackling. Easily their best game tackling. Not facing a mobile quarterback helped, but the Packers started this game off. They set the tone early of good tackling. So uh, the other thing they did, and this is credit to Darnell Savage and uh, Rasul Douglas because they both did this very well, 
good rallying to the ball on checkdowns, not allowing checkdowns to go from a five-yard completion to a 12-yard gain. That's a huge thing. So I have watched this game three times and reviewed my notes several times. I counted two missed tackles. That has got to be the smallest number in a long time. That that is ten percent the number of missed tackles as they had versus the Falcons. They lowered their missed tackles by ninety percent from week two to week three. Two missed tackles, one in the first half, one in the second half. Yeah, definitely cleaned mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Some of it, I think, some of it is definitely them cleaning up. Some of it might be that I don't think the Saints had it. Well, I know it's not that I don't think they don't have as many explosive players as the, the Falcons, especially like Bijan. They didn't have a running back. They didn't have a Kamara. But you could tell that it was something we definitely focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't let it get away from us too much. So, And they didn't miss any on um, Olave or Thomas either, which is huge, especially mm-hmm. Olave. He's – all things aside, as far as us being Packers fans, uh, if you're a Saints fan, be excited about Chris Olave. He's going to be an absolute superstar. He is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. He's he is so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. That one handed <laughs> catch on the sideline was whole crap. That was, yeah. Was I, was I wasn't really even mad at it. I'm like, that was a good year. Or yeah. two years ago, excuse me. So, yeah. Yeah. He was really good. All right, Jake. What about the defensive line and the pass rush? Yeah. So, I'm going to combine these two and I'm going to shave Rashawn Gary for last because the last thing I'm going to say about Rashawn Gary is going to make you guys poop your pants. So, Get ready oh. for that, and uh, cool. don't poop your pants because yeah. that would be weird. Um, oh, I was so, trying to think of what I was going to do to prepare for that. <laughs> so as far as the D-line goes, um, this is just for, for this game. We had four sacks for 29 yards. It's obviously not all the D-line. Uh, Gary had three of those sacks. So Devontae Wyatt had a 7.1% pressure rate. Brooks had a 9.5% pressure hey. rate. The boy, The boy was balling, dude. Uh, Kenny Clark had a 5.7% pressure rate and played 83% of the snaps, dude. Whoa. Kenny Clark did not leave the damn field. That's a lot, man. Whoa. That's a lot. Um, that's that's an adjustment. Let me throw that out there. The Packers got gashed by the run in week two. Putting Kenny Clark out there for that much time, that's an adjustment in my mind. Definitely, because there's no injuries or anything that came out on the defensive front. Nope, so. and I think the defensive line is maybe the most underrated position group on the team so far. Yeah, so you want to talk about the the run shares. Uh, Kenny played 69.6% of the run shares and 92% of the the pass down snap shares. Wow. So, and I saw this a lot. They kept putting Gary and Clark next to each other to kind of force the issue with the offensive line. Like, which one are you doubling? Pick your poison. And they were doubling Kenny Clark. Which I mean is smart because he has the shortest path to the quarterback, right? right? But that's what shows the five percent pressure rate. But you're not gonna double Rashawn Gary. That guy was beating the hell out of your right tackle, man. My <laughs> the sack on Winston is my favorite, just because he comes at him like arms out, like he's yeah. doing the Clay Matthews thing before he even has the sack. It's just uh that's great. I don't think I'll ever get over how he stepped over him. That was just a complete boss move. So let me get into some Rashawn Gary stats here. He played 52.6% of pass down snap share. He had a 30% win rate, a 25% pressure rate. He had five pressures and three sacks. Here's where it gets nuts. Holy shit. He has 
13 pressures and four sacks this year on 45 pass rush snaps. <laughs> Bro, that's almost 40% of his snaps. He's either pressuring your quarterback or sacking your quarterback. And the guy's coming Jesus. off of an ACL tear. What is he going to do with a fully healthy ACL? It's going to be 50%. And you're not double teaming this guy. That's ridiculous. You're gonna, they're going to have to do a double team and probably still keep a running back. The Lions are so, one of the few teams I think that can get away for a lot of times because their offensive line is so good. But other teams, they're, 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 yeah, they're hurt. We'll I, know they're, tackles I know they're going to be back, but they're they're kind of banged up right now. Taylor's not fully healthy. Uh, I can't remember the guard's name. Becker uh, is banged up too. Yeah, I've seen Ragnall uh, on the injury report as well. Yeah, Ragnall. He was a full participant today in practice, but these guys are banged up already. It's only week four, and Rashawn Gary are... seems to only be getting stronger, healthier. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know if they can get away with it. I don't think anybody gets away with not blocking Rashawn Gary. And, you know, Brian, you stuck up for Rashawn Gary last week when I said that he might not be a top five pass rusher. The only reason I, I picked Crosby over uh, Gary was because he led in tackles for loss last year. I'm not so sure that Gary doesn't lead in tackles for loss if he has a fully healthy season. I'm not so sure that he doesn't have 17 sacks. This wouldn't be a conversation with between him and Max Crosby if he didn't tear his ACL last year, in my opinion. He would have been, he was a pro he was on pace for easily 15 sacks, if I'm not mistaken. He was what six six and a half through six games or something like that. Yeah, six in technically nine games, but he played like eight games in a quarter. Yeah. So so he was well on pace for 13 to 15 sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being a monster, you know what I mean? And so, if you throw a week like last week in where he has, yeah, you know, a three-sack three game here and there. Because he was um, pretty much doing a one a game at a time last year. Yeah. Steve said it's crazy how young Kenny is, yet inexperienced. And Blake said, Gary healthy all season equals candidate for a defensive player of the year. Mark my words. Consider them marked. You know who you know who you know who Rashawn Gary or uh Kenny Clark is? You know, we're watching college basketball, Tyler, and there seems to be that one point guard that stayed in college forever. We're like, isn't this guy like 45 years old and he's just a super senior? That's what Kenny Clark is. To the, Dude, to we're the- going to talk about it tomorrow. Because he got hurt in week three, Chesma Lucy could come back next year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even know that. The dude's, the dude's literally going to be 40 playing college football. <laughs> Davidson, yeah. I think yeah, he's trying to be Davidson, Brad Davison. Who the heck, he played, who the he heck played heck college was basketball too. He was like 24. Who the heck was that guy for Ohio State? Freaking point guard. Oh, Aaron Kraft. That guy, I felt like that guy played forever, dude. We couldn't ever get rid of that guy. And he was good from freshman year on. Six years on a while. That is so long. <laughs> um uh, did you did you want to say anything else on the defensive line or the pass rush? No, dude, if if there's one spot outside of the, the tackling that was a bright spot, I think the D-line was a bright spot in this game. Yeah, and I'm I'm still a pretty I'm still pretty high on Colby Wooden to his play diagnosis. Um Steve said it shouldn't be considered a major slight if Rashawn is just outside of the top five. Those guys are crazy good too. Yeah. I mean I agree. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt are both just absolute monsters too. I mean Aiden Hutchinson's a beast. Yeah, he's he's gonna be a monster. He's gonna call. I mean, the Lions are a few years away from having to pay a lot of people, so they're they're about to figure out what it's like to be a contender. 
Yeah, true. All right. So, Brian, what about the what about the red zone defense? Really, I mean, there wasn't much to talk about to be honest. Uh, yeah, uh, the defense did so well that they didn't really get into the red zone. They were one for two in the red zone. I do want to talk about the one right before half because the Saints had first and goal from the seven. And if they score there, I don't know. We don't, I don't think we come back and win this game. You know what I mean? So that would put them at, that would have put them at 21 instead of 17 Saints haven't gotten up 20 points um, in what 11 games. Now you could maybe chalk it up as a small victory. I know we didn't do anything really in the third, but just holding them there um, really, you know, kept the game still kind of within reach and look what happened. Right. So that's putting so so far this year on the season we're giving up touchdowns 44 44% of the times in the red zone that would be like 10th or 11th best in the league. Uh, for context Detroit is scoring at a 55% clip for the season. So and that's not super high there and like the 60% last year. So um it should be a pretty good matchup. It'll be interesting. You know, if we can hold them around 50%, I think we should have a pretty good chance of winning this game unless we give up some long touchdowns or something like that, but um you know, but no, that it's remain solid, you know, bend and don't break mentality. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously it worked. I mean, the saints scored 17 points, but the offense only scored 10, 10 points. Yeah. So for the defense to have held the saints. On- Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offense, which is, I think, a pretty decent offense, regardless of who's playing quarterback for them. To 10 points. Like, that's that's a big W. I mean, on paper... That offense is pretty damn good. They got a couple good tight ends. Uh, you can have the couple niche plays with uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, you got Chris Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas looks healthy. That's a guaranteed completion in between eight yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to run the ball. They got a decent online. I mean, that offense on paper is actually pretty solid. Yeah, 100%. All right, Jake, what about third down defense? Oh, I have some good stuff for third down. Um, so we held them to 4 14 on third down. That's 29%. So good job. Um, they were one on one on fourth down, so not good yeah. job. Um, on the season, the Packers after this game are now thirteen of forty-two. Opponents are thirteen of forty-two on third down, which is thirty-one percent. That's fucking good. That's pretty damn good. So it might be like bottom third. Yeah, if if they continue that, they're gonna win a lot of games. Whoa. Um, so I broke it down by third and five and shorter, and third and six and longer. Okay. So. Uh, the first third, third and five and shorter they had, that was the Jimmy Graham TD. The next one they picked up, it was Chris Olave. The next third and five they had, uh, was a no gain. It was a running play up the middle. And then they literally went over three on their next three attempts at third and five and shorter. That's third and threes, third and fours, uh, third and ones. So they ended up two of six and oh, three in their last three, like I said. So that's a damn good job in those third and shorts, third and mediums. Wow. Then you get the third and five and longer. This is pretty awesome. First one they had, sack. Second one, they got. Third one, sack. Fourth <laughs> one, they didn't pick it up. Fifth one, sack. After that, they didn't get any of them. They were one for eight on third downs at third and six and longer. So wow. the Packers defense 
you put teams in down and distance, you literally just allow our pass rush to feast and get home. And that's when the Joe Barry zone defense, which I'm going to get into more later, that's when the Joe Barry zone defense really shines is on those third and longs. Hmm. That was with no Jair, dude. No Jair. And Campbell left early. Yeah. And, Val- and Valentine left early. Those yeah, throws on second down because we I, I agree with you. It does seem like we were so good in third and long, but it seems like we don't get there as often as we should. But eight times this last game, that's or however many times you said that's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's what I said last week with the Bijan Campbell play is the the thing that set the Packers up for failure was the Falcons being in third and short in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Anything else you guys want to say on the defense? The defense is better than people say as long as they execute the Joe Barry play call. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So this is going to transition right into coaching is Barry and the defense deserve credit for holding New Orleans to 10 points. Um, just, I mean, really, I don't have any complaints on the defense. And they made they made basically all of their tackles. So I breaking it down, looking at penalties, which is the next thing. Packers had oof, 11 penalties. So seven were in the first half, four in the second half. So they did do well there to, to have fewer. However, Bryant already mentioned that three of them came on special teams. There was only one penalty on the defense, and it was Kenny Clark pushing the running back yeah. after the play. That was a dumb flag. Well, two reasons. One, I don't know why Kenny would do that. Two, how long are they just going to let these play calls go? Like, there's, there's repping crews that will literally blow the whistle as soon as a pile starts to form. Right. And you're like, ah, you should let them go for a couple seconds. And there's other repping crews that are just like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Wait until everybody's like, on the ground. Dude, we need to – they need to find a happy medium. But Kenny was literally holding that man in the air, like, vertically for, like, three seconds yeah. before they it's blew It's the hit on the back of the helmet that got him flagged. I guess, but – But that, that was I the only defensive penalty the Packers had. So – Three on special teams, one on defense means seven offensive penalties. Yeah. And it seemed like basically everybody on the offense got called for one at some point. Yep. So looking at it, <clears throat> a hold and a false start on the first down of the offense, put the offense at first and 25 on literally their first series. Yep. Then on third and three, turn into a third and eight. Um Holding on punts, a wide receiver hold, wiped out a nice Emmanuel Wilson run, an illegal formation on a third and five. That third and ten did get converted, so that one didn't hurt overall. And then the pass interference on Samari Toure, in my opinion, is a weak flag. And that if that pass goes backwards instead of forwards, it doesn't get called. Um, yeah, Steve, procedural penalties. I mean, they had just the one illegal formation. There was a lot of false starts and a handful of holds, but um, yeah, and I the, thought that was the, the offensive line. Like, I that was it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, basically everybody had one. Yeah. <clears throat> the fourth and two, the opening possession um, at the forty-two at the forty-four yard line, going for that is the the right call, and it was the right play call too. But in my opinion, asking an undrafted rookie to execute it is a lot. Uh, it's a good play, bad execution. That's where one where I maybe wanted to see AJ Dillon in there, just a little more of an experienced player. Um, but if they set that up correctly, and that throw goes to Jordan Love's hands, not his feet, 
Jordan Love has the opportunity to either pass for the first down or he could have ran for the first down. Yeah. So it's a good call to go for it, a good play design, just bad execution. It is what it is. Um, okay, so this is where I want to talk about the going for two decision. So Connor Lewis is the assistant quarterback manager. He was previously the game management specialist for Matt LaFleur. He was the one in Matt LaFleur's ear saying, go for two, go for two, go for two. Now, if you haven't seen this referenced in any other um, <clears throat> any other outlets that talked about this game, there was an ESPN analyst article written in 2019 talking about why teams should go for two when they're down by eight points. So this is scoring a touchdown, and if you kick a field goal, you're down by seven. So going for it in this situation makes sense based on – this is an analytics thing, so if, if you don't like analytics in baseball, here they come in football. <laughs> the, the analytics over the course of the NFL is that you are more likely to convert one two-point conversion, then you are to fail two two-point conversions. So even if you were to fail the first one and still be down 17 to 9, it's more likely that you get the second one than you were to fail twice. And then the other thing with that is, is if you play to tie, so say you kick the two field goals and you make it 17-17, at that point you're putting your, your fate in the hands of a coin flip. The coin flip almost always decides who wins in overtime. So by doing the two-point conversion and working out the way it did for the Packers, the Packers walk away in regulation as winners. Not to mention, this is an underrated mm -hmm. aspect of it, after you get through the analytics, the Packers are a young team. Mm -hmm. If you don't think going for two doesn't energize a young team, I guarantee you that it does. 100%. Um, and <laughs> you can, you can cry that the Packers are playing 10 plus yards off the line of scrimmage. And Christopher, I know you said earlier that you're still on the, a Joe Barry hater, but the Packers were five, five and a half, six yards off basically the entire game. And they played a lot of press coverage in the second half. Um, that, that five, six, seven, eight yards is pretty standard across the NFL also. So getting a new defensive coordinator, isn't just going to change that in one day. Nope. After giving up 10 points, yeah, yeah. probably isn't the best time to. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake kind of touched on this a little bit already, but the the Packers handled everything that the Saints threw at them with Taysom Hill and Shahid running, like Jake said, the jet sweep, and they handled all of that in stride. Mm -hmm. um, as far as consistency goes, what I can say about consistency is that the Packers were consistently in the Saints' backfield. That. <laughs> we saw that. The the defense, they really impressed me with how consistently they tackled. It, seriously, it's something that I've harped on for a long time. So to see the Packers have a near-perfect game in tackling, it's you can't tell me that that isn't one of the most important reasons why the Packers won this game. True. And then just rallying to the ball despite missing tons of players, which is huge. Like we already talked about missing Jair, losing Campbell, losing Valentine. For the Packers to not miss a beat defensively is impressive. And I have to give credit to Joe Barry, actually, because watching his press conference on Monday, yesterday, he they don't talk about backups. They don't say starters and backups. They say starters and starters and waiting. Oh, damn. 
So I like that, and I think that gives uh, a good mentality to the guys who are the backups to to just kind of shift their their perspective on it as a starter and waiting. Uh, I think that kind of gives a little credence to the the stay ready um, type thing. I love that. <laughs> um, as far as time of possession, New Orleans scoring a special teams touchdown does help the Packers in that area because that's one less offensive possession that they have. So that is a mm-hmm. factor there. Um, but that, other than that, the Packers' time of possession was 32 minutes, 35 seconds to, 25, to 27 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, but three games in, I do think this was the Packers' best game uh, at sustaining drives, even though they didn't all end up in points. That's fair. Okay. Anything else you guys want to say before we talk about Jordan Love and kind of transition this from the recap to the preview? No, I think you hit everything, buddy. All right. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Uh, Bryant, what did you see from Jordan Love from week three? And what are you going to look for from him in week four? Yeah, I think I was the first one to get in our chat. Not trying to, you know, pump my- toot my horn, but I said Jordan Love needs to be a star of the game because I don't care that he completed 50% of the passes. Like the passion, the emotion, everything he showed as a leader during that fourth quarter, once again putting the team on his back, that fourth quarter or that fourth down run for a touchdown, um, those touchdowns, he just – you seen very, very – I think there was one play uh, to Jordan Reed on the on the goal line is when he finally just kind of made a face like, God, you got to be kidding me, dude. We just need to make one play. He didn't throw his – you know, hands up in the air or anything, or throw, you know, how Aaron would do this thing or whatever and kind of start yelling or anything. He just was like, kind of looked like, okay, next play. Uh, just the leadership he showed and the poise that he showed with, you know, there's plenty of drops, there's plenty of plays that could have been PI. I think he did start to get frustrated with that, threw his hands up one time, but it was definitely aimed at the refs. Um, but the poise that he showed and then to just continue to drive and then lead that drive and then just to end it with that flex. Like that was just that's such a sick moment. Exactly. There you go. You had it primed up, ready to go. That's <laughs> sick. Like he's like, let's go, man. Just the poison that you know. I he, yeah, he wasn't having a great game until the fourth quarter, but he absolutely lit the world on fire in the fourth quarter. Um, so it was like kind of like exact opposite of last week. It was weird this game. So um, yeah, like, really. Yes. Um, now the next big step, right? This will be his first, well, unless you want to count the Kansas City one, but as the actual Packers starter, this is his first start in a primetime game. Yes, we had the Foxes game of the week where apparently Foxes decided to continue to put the Bears on and just watch them get pounded because uh, that's what they did with the Chiefs <laughs> last week too. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so this is his first primetime home, time, home game now. He showed us that he can be down 18, lead the biggest comeback, fourth quarter comeback in Green Bay Packers history, and he can seal the deal. I don't know if you guys knew that. That was the biggest one in the history of the Green Bay Packers for a fourth quarter comeback. Um, yep. So tied. I'm, I'm just – now I want to see how he – you know, can this young team coming off those high emotions simmer down and get ready to play an even bigger game? So On a short cool. week. On a short week. And maybe that's Big good for them. That might be good for them. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, could be. It definitely, I was, I said this when the Packers were down 17 to nothing. I'm like, one, one benefit is they have a short turnaround, so they have to forget it quickly. But now as a win, you have a little bit less time to bask in it, which maybe like you said, for a young team is a good thing because they have less time to, you know, kind of ride the afterglow of winning a game like that. 
So, Jake, what are you looking for from Jordan Love that you noticed in week three that you're looking for in week four? So, to Brian's point, that tied uh, the the largest fourth quarter comeback in Packers history. Also a home opener. That one was in 2018. Uh, we obviously mm-hmm. remember that one. That was uh, a hilarious video from a young Bears fan uh, was born that day. Uh, I think that was 17 points, I think. Oh, wait, yeah, we were down 17. They are both 17. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. Math, numbers, I get it. It's late at night. <laughs> but the composure from Jordan Love is something that I just am continued to be impressed by. Something that we all said that we wanted from Jordan was for him to have some it plays, right? And for him, a lot of those it plays are running plays. And then he'll make a, a really nice throw, and he'll just – he's always composed. And I just cannot get over the fact that he does not show emotion until he's allowed to show emotion. I don't know who, who got that into him, but, man, he, he is impressive so far. I love his accuracy. I think he's more accurate than people are giving him credit for. He drops some dimes. And he had a throw late in the game. I believe it was the one that Jaden Reed that he dropped. And my son goes, that was a bucket. And that's just a kid thing that kids say. Now, that's a bucket. And he was like, how do you drop that? You're buns. And, you know, my son's just going crazy. But I was like, he's not buns. He's young. But, you know, Jordan Love has been been fantastic. I'm not going to call him him yet. I'm not there yet. Oh, Tom's ready. I, I, love, I love Jordan Love. I appreciate his leadership. Uh, Tyler, I've told you this many times. I love player-led teams. I think that's a big aspect, especially in football. Uh, when you are around guys and you're basically going to war once a week and now twice this week for the Packers, I love player-led teams. And for everybody to just be all in on the Jordan Love train, the, the love train, you know, we could just play that song. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. I love every second of it. And I'm just looking for more of the same. Just build on your good habits. So I'll, as far as the love is him conversation goes, um, He's not full-time him yet, but he's got him moments. He does. Um, Jake, we talked about this on the next-gen stats part of it, is the separation on the touchdown to Jaden Reed, or not Jaden Reed, to Romeo Dobbs was 0.6 yards. That is gross. And that play was a touchdown. Yeah. So, and we this got tiptoed around a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up here is – his decision making on when to run the ball has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. He flashed this in the preseason, and I talked about it then, but it has carried over to the regular season. And the play where he runs the 24 yarder, when he scrambles, you can actually see him look back behind him to make sure there's nobody chasing him, which means he was going to look up one more time while he's behind the line of scrimmage and look to see if somebody's open before running. So that, to me, that decision-making is its so good for a guy who's started, what, four games. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the play fake. The play fake at the 947 mark in the second quarter, when he fakes it to A.J. Dillon, and he puts the two-hand fake and then just lets the, the left hand go and then spins around and throws an absolute dot to Dontavian Wicks on the sidearm. Jake and I are going to break this play down. Um, I'm going to say the, what I want to say. The arm angle on this throw, and then it's a perfect spiral, perfectly located. Mm, that's 
so exciting to watch that play. Yep. Um, also, on his decision-making, when to take checkdowns, his decision-making on that has been very good also. I agree. Um, we did talk about the a lot of the pass interference that weren't called. Um, I do think the one to Toure wasn't called because it was thrown into triple coverage. I think that's why they didn't call pass interference on that one. Um, But mentioning his arm angles, he threw, he threw a bunch of accurate sidearm throws in this game. Mm -hmm. He's just got to get a little bit more consistency with his footwork. But other than that, like his mechanics are been pretty good. They're slipping all over the field the first quarter. Yeah. So, Looking at it, Love made some really good throws, some that were dropped. A lot of the second half, we were just waiting for someone to make a play on a 50-50 ball. Um, We really didn't, in my opinion, factor in how much the young pass catchers were going to really affect his completion percentage. Um, This is gross. So 50-50 balls. The Packers were 3-for-13 in this game on 50-50. Yeah, I didn't even know that when I said that. I didn't look that set up. That's I just knew they were not catching him. They're five for twenty-two on the season. Ew. So yeah, not fifty-fifty. It's much more like twenty-two to seventy-eight. And if you add those, you said they're five for twenty-two total. Yeah. So if you catch, if you add, and because we're, we're early in the season, you add those six six completions, that would have put it at fifty-fifty. Jordan Love's probably at like 58% completion or something like that. You know what I mean? And he's probably got two more touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. so the third and four, or the, th- the third and goal and the fourth and goal, they set the play up the exact same. Um, Taylor ran the first one, and then Love had the read option on the second one. New Orleans bit on the fake. Um, the, the guy that he beat was Demario Davis, an all-pro linebacker. The guy that bit on the fake was Cam Jordan, who is a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Eight-time. Eight-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro. That's who the Packers beat on that play. Yep. So that – Jordan Love was Green Bay's leading rusher. That's how I don't know what I'm And then just looking at post-game press conferences and then just press conferences in general, Matt LaFleur 1,000% believes in Jordan Love. And Mm – this game just goes to build as a confidence builder for not only Jordan Love, but the whole team. And that's probably the biggest takeaway from this. Because even though the Packers are 2-1, and one, none of us are are saying that the Packers deserve to be in the Super Bowl conversation or not nope. anywhere that. Um, most of the power rankings that I've seen coming out are having the Packers between 10 and 12, which I think is a perfect spot for them. They're, they're still ahead of the middle of the pack. And I think that's that's where they're fairly to be all right Bryant what are you looking for from the Packers offense against the Lions on Thursday night so the really the matchup I'm kind of watching is just our running game versus their their running defense so they're only giving up 3.2 yards per carry they did a good job holding um Bijan in check and now if you look at who else they played you know Seattle Walker stuff is good. He's still kind of getting healthy, but he's pretty mm-hmm. good running back. So they kind of held him in check, but really the Saints didn't have anyone running the ball the first week. So it could be skewed a little bit, but they so far they've only given up, you know, 72 yards per game or whatever it is. Um, I'm watching to see if Jordan, uh, Jones does play. 
he, you know, he's a game changer. We need him. We need to get that average up to like four and a half, just so we don't have to throw the ball 45, 40, 40 times again or whatever. He's a uh, factor in the pass game too. though. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. I don't think we want to get in a shootout with the lions. Like, I don't think that's the game we want to play. I th- could we win one? I think so. But I th- I'd rather much, I'd much rather just slow down the game, let Jones eat up chunks and get some, you know, the ground game going on and then open up the pe- play action for Jordan love a little more because really no one's scared of AJ Dillon running the ball right now. If we're being hundred percent honest, they shouldn't be. So. Yeah. That's fair. So that's what I'm looking for to get the running game going again. All right, Jake, what about you? What are you looking for from the Packers offense? So I put my keys in here this week, but I also put my actual thoughts into it. So with uh, Packers offense versus Lions defense, I have running game will decide this game. I agree with Bryant. And I want to see if 33 can bring life to the offense. He is a lightning bolt. Um, He is everything that you need on this offense. He is our star on the offensive side of the ball. So see if he can bring some life, passing, running, doesn't matter. Get him the damn ball. He's going to make stuff happen, right? Um, In terms of red zone offense, I would love to continue using Jordan's legs. And please, for the love of God, get Luke involved in the red zone. I need some Luke Musgrave red zone touches, please. I think my take on Luke Musgrave in the red zone is that he hasn't had an opportunity to catch a ball. Because everybody's following him. He's the decoy on the offense because everybody goes with him. I need a Luke Musgrave red zone touchdown, please. I just need a Luke Musgrave touchdown. I don't give a fuck where it comes from. You're going to like my Simon Says, Jake. Oh, baby. Uh, I think you're going to like mine. You guys touched on Aaron Jones a little bit already. And, Jake, you mentioned that he's the star of the offense. My The word that I would use is he's the engine of the offense. I agree with that. That's how I feel about Aaron Jones. And we haven't really mentioned it either, but Christian Watson was asked if he's going to play, and he said that's the plan. So – we kind of touched on this a little bit too with a couple of the deep throws to Samari Tour that were a little bit over his head that we believe that Christian Watson has the ability to potentially make those plays because he's a little bit faster than Toure and he's a little bit taller. Yeah. Um, AJ said, or Tom said, AJ is third down, short yardage back, not the number one. And I agree with that. AJ Dillon, I think we're just seeing that he's a really good backup or a good running back, uh, running back two, a change of pace guy, a short yardage guy like, like Tom said. So I agree with you on that. Um, as far as the Packers offense goes for me, the Packers are eighth in points per game through week three. Uh, Detroit allows about 15 or sorry, Detroit is 15th in points allowed. So they're kind of middle of the pack. Packers are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And my thing with the offense is you can watch or read any outlet. Every single one of them loves the play design that the Green Bay offense has. They're scheming players open. There's several plays where multiple players come open depending on how the defense handles it. There, Jake and I talked about this too. There are some play designs that they feel like they are unstoppable because of the number of combinations that they have with them and the number of options that they have. They ran some nice plays, dude. (laughs) So Matt LaFleur is going to need to start getting some credit if the offense continues to perform well. Agreed. And then the last thing I need to see – Fewer drops and fewer penalties. That's the last thing I have on the offense. Um, Bryant, what are you looking for from the defense against the Lions? Really, I'm, I'm hoping that we can create some pressure. Um, so, but that, that'll be big. But the big thing I'm looking for is, is red zone defense. I think if we can stop them in the red zone, if we can keep them at that 50% number, um, 
I think we have a good chance. So kind of like how I talk about the red zone defense every week, I think if we continue showing, doing what we've been doing in the um, red zone, I think we have a good chance and keeping those touchdowns off the field. Granted, if they're in the red zone every drive, that's not going to help. <laughs> but, um, right. you know, I think you just continue to play well in the red zone for as far as defense because the Lions, they have a good offense, are going to get in the red zone. If we can hold them to field goals, we'll stay in this game and um, have a good chance of pulling it out in the end. Jake, what are you looking for from the defense? So what I wrote down is set the edge in the running game. As I went over the numbers before, they do not run up the middle on us. So set the edge in the running game, unleash the pass rush. So when the pass rush, uh, from the pass rush point of view, Decker and Ragnall practice, and they should play. So it's going to be tough, tougher to get after Goff, but Gary has looked like a man possessed uh, the first couple weeks of the season. So really looking forward to that. Brewers are, oh, okay, well. They came back? Fucking sweet. I love that. Thanks for also ruining that for me, Tom. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Third and fourth down defense. I'm just kidding. I'm very sarcastic, so please do not get offended. Um, Third and fourth down defense. The Lions have a 37.5% on third down. That is 19th in the NFL. So keep them in down and distance and – We'll we'll live with what happens. <laughs> Tom just said it. The Brewers didn't come back and win. The Cubs melted down and lost. <laughs> they were up like five nothing, weren't they? All over the Braves. That's awesome. Oh boy. Well, Tyler, <laughs> it's about to be demon time after this game, and you know what I'm. Oh my about. God, Chicago's just in shambles right now. <laughs> Absolute shambles. It's about to be demon time for me. Uh, I might be really tired at work tomorrow. Uh, in terms of the run defense, uh, the Lions have ran the ball 92 times for 335 yards, three touchdowns. That is a 111.7 per game average. Now, we've given them a lot of credit on defense for only giving up 3.2 yards per carry, but they only average 3.6 themselves. Hmm. Uh, they have guys like David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, who they don't use enough, and everybody keeps talking about it. So my yeah, goal David for them is to – They don't figure that out this week. They're, they're not, not if going. Montgomery's healthy. They said he might uh, play. Really? Um, mm-hmm. So my goal, I always want to make a goal. I'm going to pick one every week for a goal for one of my three keys. My goal this week, I pick run defense, hold them under, under 90 rushing yards. Jared Goff will be running for his life then. You you talk about it a lot, how Jared Goff is under pressure. Hey, settle down. You're get, You're getting into my key. Getting all, right, all right, I'll settle down. <laughs> we might have a similar so, defensive key. All right. So, the defense, the Packers are 12th in points allowed, and the, the Lions are 12th in points per game. So, as far as the, the Lions offense against the Packers defense, they actually match up pretty evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for Darnell Savage to play his third good game of the year. He's currently second on the team in tackles, which oh, was a little unexpected. Um, not a shocker that Quay Walker has the most. But as far as I know, this is a big ask because NFL wide receivers are so good at it, but not biting on the comeback curls spins that allow yards after catch. That would be a big thing for me with Amon Ross St. Brown in this game. Just keep the play in front of you and wrap up. And then as far as the defense goes, the defense was nearly flawless on Sunday. They only allowed 10 points. Um, the touchdown they gave up 
was just a half second late and it was on their first possession. So they scored on their first possession and then did not get another touchdown for the rest of the game. And then they did that without Jair Alexander against two very good wide receivers. Yeah. So I'm actually, I feel pretty good about the defense. But going into it, Bryant, what is the matchup you're watching? So uh, the matchup I'm watching, kind of tying everything, is Aaron Jones versus uh, our running game versus the rushing defense. I'll say that in case somehow Aaron Jones doesn't play. Um, we just that's got to be the matchup. It's got to be Aaron Jones slash AJ Dillon against their two linebackers. Um, we need to get the running game going, in my opinion. And uh, are we doing keys to the game? Yep. Okay, so I'll tie that into my keys to the game as well, um, and you'll see why. But we, like I said, we just that that's what I'm watching really is the running game versus their their uh, linebackers. If we can break off some runs, uh, we might not be able to get much going on the inside because our interior offensive line just has not been good running back blocking. We have to see if Bakhtiari will play, but honestly, Walker and um, you know Tom are had a good game this last time. So with Jones, we can go outside a little more because he has the speed to break it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we use Keyshawn Nixon a little more. That was fun. That was you fun. know what could be a key for you, Bryant? Is if Bakhtiari plays and we can run that that set where Walker comes in as the eligible receiver, yeah. but he's an extra lineman. Mm. That's something to really look forward to. And that's the thing that I think they miss from the offense when Bakhtiari doesn't play is they don't have that set of plays. It was really yeah. big in week one. It'll be interesting to see if he plays or if they're just holding them out until, you know, because the Raiders game isn't until Monday. So we're going to go. Yeah. It's going to be a long, like 12 days, man. I hate it, but I like I it for know. our team as well. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So they go. But, yeah, really just our running game. I'm kind of tying everything to that because I do think that's a huge thing this week. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you keep bringing it up, that just puts the emphasis on it. Yeah. Um, so the Packers go from three games in 12 days to two games in 23 days. Yep. They're going to get a lot of rest, which is a yeah. good thing early in the season, especially. Yeah, 100%. Um, Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? Matchup I'm watching is uh, Joe versus Johnson, and that is Joe Barry versus Ben Johnson, uh, the Lions offensive coordinator. He's one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Uh, definitely going to be a candidate for a head coaching job, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Barry sits in a ton of zone coverage, as seen in week three versus Saints. We ran 91.2% zone coverage versus Saints. Wow. I think no dry year is a big factor in that, but yeah. I agree. Um, players like Savage and Douglas will have to continue to tackle in space. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, you guys always hear me at my breakdowns of the rushing lanes. He's been very good going wide left this season. So watch him going wide left. Let's set the edge. Knock that shit out. All right. So I did actually have Joe Barry versus Jameer Gibbs as my matchup, oh. but I was prepared with a backup. And it's Luke Musgrave versus Sam Laporta. Oh, the rookie tight ends? That was my backup one in case somebody was going to bring up Jameer Gibbs. Tyler will also like my uh, Simon says. <laughs> right on. I'll leave it at that because Sam Laporta scored a long touchdown. And as I mentioned, Luke Musgrave uh, was tied for the team lead in receptions in week three and also for the season so far. I like it. All right. So, um, Bryant, who is your X Factor? Surprise, surprise, is Aaron Jones. So, my two. Uh, yeah. So, it, it's got to be, right? If he plays, he's got to be the X factor for us yep. because he's, we've seen our running game just completely die the last two weeks. Uh, aside from Jordan Love just showing pure heart and having 24, you know, breaking off 24 yard runs and whatever. But, um, 
it, he's got to be the X factor because he's going to open. So if he can get even a, some uh, running game threat going, it doesn't even have, he doesn't have to pop off for over 100. But if he's averaging four or five yards of carry or four yards of carry, just make them respect it. It's mm-hmm. going to open up some play action for Aaron. Uh, Jesus, sorry, Jordan Love. Wow. I mean, he's looked like him in some of those throws. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was going to say it. It was bound to happen. Jake, who's your X factor? I'm really going to like your Simon Says because my X Factor this game is Luke Musgrave. Um, I literally wrote this Sunday after the game. Uh, I was in love that they they you know threw a pass to him deep down the seam. I was in love with a couple play calls that they had. He had a big-time uh, uh, third down catch that Tyler and I are going to break down tomorrow. That, that play design, beautiful. But I think that he could definitely win his matchup. He's going to be going against a, a good linebacker in, in Campbell, another fellow rookie on the Lions defense. So uh, Jack Campbell versus Luke Musgrave is going to be must-watch TV for the next couple of years as they're going to be division foes playing twice a year. So hopefully Musgrave wins the first matchup. Yeah. Um, so mine also was Aaron Jones, and I'll just say, like, the running back room obviously needs him desperately um, in the run game, in the pass game, but also as a leader on the field. He can be a leader on the sidelines, but you're only talking to guys in between plays. Having Aaron Jones on the field as a leader, I think, is something that gives the Packers just a little bit of extra juice. And obviously the fans as well. True. All right, Brian, what's your key to the game? Key to the game is time of possession. So if you go back and look at it, the two wins that the Lions have, they possess the ball for over 32 minutes each of those wins. And the loss they had, the other team had 32 minutes. For us and both of our well and our, our win this last week, we had a time of possession and our loss. We lost the battle in the Bears game. It was pretty much even, but we were going to win that battle if we didn't put in our, you know, second string okay. quarterback. Right. And stuff. We we pretty much just started running the ball and punting, right? right? So essentially, both of our wins and both of their wins it's come down to whoever won time of possession. So for me, that's why it's tying into the running game. If we can get the running game going, chew the clock down, slow down, don't let them get in rhythm. That's to me is how we win this game. Time of possession. I like it. Jake, what's your key? Real quick on Brian's key. I love how everybody always calls it a passing league for the last like 20 years, but the running game, the importance of it has never went away. Being able to run play action has never went away. The running game is still a running league. Don't don't kid yourselves. Don't think that just because the media tells you that running backs aren't important, they're not important. Running backs are not important until they're important, right? Look at AJ, the difference between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Massive. This offense could be superstars with Aaron Jones healthy all, every week. Yeah. So I love that. That time of possession stat. There you go. That was that was good stuff, buddy. For me, it's get off, get after Goff. He is a much, much different player when he's pressured and on the road. And don't worry, I have stats. I'm going to save it for Friday after we beat their ass. <laughs> all right. So my key is kind of similar to Bryant's as far as time of possession goes. But in the in winning the time of possession, what I'm looking for is for the Packers to tire out the Lions front seven. For the Packers to sustain drives and then get the Lions offense off the field so that the Lions defense has to be on the field for a lot of time. Then they finally get off the field. We get the Lions to a three and out, and then the defense has to go right back onto the field. That's the kind of game that I'm looking for to put the Lions defense into a tough spot. Tyler, can I can I interrupt real quick? Go ahead. I was going to check the score of the Brewer game. Brewers lost. But I got a thing from ESPN that says, Suzuki drops routine fly ball 
<laughs> as Braves score winning run and send Cubs the brutal brutal loss in tight playoff race. A routine fly ball is how the Chicago Cubs handed us Yikes. the Central. <laughs> A routine fly ball, it says. Oh, no. Oh, the pain in the city of Chicago, dude. Oh. <laughs> well, good luck to another 108 years. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake, what's the weather look like? Uh, the weather, there is rain in the forecast. So that oh. ties into my my uh, score prediction, by the way. And okay. it's going to be 65. The game will end at 63. So it's going to be a cold, wet field. Uh, running game is going to become even more important in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a cold, wet field. The rain will stop before game time, but it's going to rain from four to six. Okay. All right. So let's do some score predictions. Bryant, what's your score prediction from the head? So I don't know about the rain, but it doesn't change it too much. But my from my head, I was I'm just gonna go ahead and say 24-21. It's pretty close to mine. That's lie. really close to mine. <laughs> I originally had twenty to seventeen, I think, but I changed it. That would also be close to mine. Jake, what's your <laughs> score prediction from the head? You said twenty four twenty one. How's twenty four twenty two sound? <laughs> Interesting how they get there. Mix mix point or two. How about uh, how about twenty one twenty? There you go. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So what you're telling me is we're gonna be stressed out. It's gonna be like a <laughs> we were having close uh, head predictions last week, huh? Bro, I went nineteen sixteen. You know how goddamn close I was? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't remember what was mine. I think mine was seventeen. Something like that. I think mine was twenty seventeen as well. Uh, Brian had 20 to 17, Tyler had 23 20, and Simon had 17 14. So Simon was pretty close, too. We were Damn. all pretty close, really. Look at us. Ooh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know football. Yeah, you guys are homers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian, what about from the heart? Heart 28 to 20. Okay. Jake? So close. I have 30 to 20. <laughs> I have 24 17. Oh, wow. We hold them to 17 points. We're winning. Yeah. I think <laughs> yep, so. I believe I that. <laughs> I just think the, the other touchdown will come from their offense, not from their special teams. That's fair. 100%. All right. Let's get let's get juicy. Uh, Bryant, you seem to be excited about yours. So what's your offensive, Simon says? Okay, so it's kind of a two-parter. I'm cheating. I know I only get one, but I made it a two-parter. I'm going to drive your house just to... <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna like the second part. So Lovell have his first 300-yard three-touchdown game of his career, and while yeah. doing that, the Lions have given up 25 receptions and 263 yards to tight ends, which is 74 more yards than anyone else in the NFL. Musgrave will have his first 100-yard game and a touchdown. Oh, okay, dude. My X factor of Musgrave was looking real good after that. <laughs> I like yeah, they've it. given up 25 receptions for 263 yards, which is 74 more yards than the next closest team. Dude, they didn't even face Travis Kelsey. They didn't I'll, even have yeah. to face Travis Kelsey. I will say that Seattle did it by a, a platoon of people, but um, Musgrave, I think, is probably at least the most explosive tight end. Well, they placed He Pitts, might be but, the best tight end that they've seen. Yeah, but Pitts is not. Oh, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Musgrave has been art more art, has been crazy consistent. You know what I mean? So, um he, I think this is the week that him and Love connect down the field. God, I hope so. 
if 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 Watson's on the field, dude, there's no way that he's not getting one on ones with a linebacker, and he's burning them. Yeah, I'd like to see, and I know like the tight ends are used in the middle of the field a lot. I'd like to see Musgrave get one up the sideline. That would be so nice. I just want to see him unleashed, dude, with the ball. I want to see how fast that guy can go. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's your offensive? Simon says. You guys probably aren't going to agree with this, but every touchdown scored on offense is on the ground. Oh, oh that goes strongly against mine. <laughs> no. And mine, I said, I will have three touchdowns. That goes strongly against mine. <laughs> My offensive, Simon says, is that three different players score receiving touchdowns. Oh, I can see that. I can see that 100%. I'm with it. Musgrave. Reed and Dobbs. Um, that's on Siri and Dobbs, but I was going to say, I think I'll replace Dobbs with Watson. I mean, I you can just throw it to Jones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bryant, what about defense? So this one's pretty vanilla, but the Packers defense, but it's vanilla in a way, but lines haven't turned over the ball much, kind of like we haven't, but Packers will force three turnovers. Okay. Well, mine is also turnover related too, but mine is Darnell Savage gets his first interception to 2023. That'll be perfect. Well, if you both do that and then we do mine, it'll be perfect. The Packers sacked Jared Goff five times. <sighs> I mean, more than he's been sacked on the season. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> be pretty good. Actually, him and Love have only been sacked three times each. Yep, I know. I saw that. That's why I was like, I'm going to go extra spicy on the defense. That I thought like, about going Oof. sacked as well, but I was going to go that, you know, uh, Gary goes back-to-back three sack games. But oh, Lions have a very, that, bro. very good offense. does that, can you imagine him getting like a game-ending sack or something like that? Lamble will flip. Dude, if he goes, or if like he gets like a strip sack, they or better something. not. If that happens, they better walk him right up to the Mark Murphy's office and sign him a contract before he leaves the stadium. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's what it is. Uh, we're two days away from game day, um, so we will be Friday night. We're gonna recap the Lions game. We're not gonna do the preview. We're gonna save that for the following Friday. Uh, Friday night, we are gonna be joined by John from Lombardi Time Brews. He's gonna fill in for Simon on his segments on Friday night. So there will be four faces on Friday. Other than that, Jake, I will see you tomorrow. Bryant, I will see you Friday. Awesome. Have a good night, guys. Go. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.